0: Praise the Lord, everybody! Praise the Lord, everybody! I I, I wasn't sure if uh, uh, the microphone was on, and all of a sudden it just started uh, moving. Uh, but anyway, uh, once again, praise the Lord, and it is good to be with you uh, here on this Tuesday uh, afternoon. And I am grateful to the Lord for uh, having one more opportunity to come to you with the word of God. Amen. And we endeavor here at God's whole word to do exactly that, to give you God's whole word. Jesus told the devil, and you said, uh, you know, many of you say, well, you know, pastor, brother, teacher, whatever you are, uh, you sure do mention that verse a lot when when Jesus was uh, there uh, in the wilderness with the devil. Uh, Well, I do mention this a lot because it certainly means uh, something when Jesus says something like this to the devil himself. Jesus told the devil when he tempted, when the devil tempted Jesus to turn the stone and the stones into bread. Now, I, 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 you know, there's some folks, they, they want to argue about the word of God. Well, you know, this this book over here said stone and this book over here said stones. No, I, I think it both happened. Amen. And I've said that before. You know, we've done the same thing. And uh, I believe that the writers uh, knew what they knew. They did what they did in writing what they were to write as the Holy Ghost moved upon them. And I believe that both of those incidents has happened. You say, that ain't possible. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, sure enough, it is. Because even we do that in our conversation. Sometimes when we go to test somebody, we'll say, I tell you what, won't you do this? No, 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 no. I tell you what, instead of that, won't you do this over here? Something greater, you see. And so, you know, where the verse says that, uh, uh, you know, the devil tempted Jesus to turn a stone into bread, and then another uh, book might say stones into bread, I believe that's how that happened. Yes, sir. I believe the whole counsel of God's word. And I believe that those writers, they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. Amen. They wrote the word that God gave them in their heart. Now a lot of people want to debate that. They want to argue with that. And you know, you you can go on ahead and argue what you want to argue. I ain't got a mind to sit there and waste my time with such nonsense. Now some people say, oh, that's just somebody I don't want to debate the word of God. Uh, can you explain to me where you can find chapter and verse that we really are supposed to go run around wasting our time doing that? Now, the Bible does tell us that we are to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. That's the book of Jude. And, and and you know, Jude, you know, he was a half-brother Jesus. He said, you know, I was going to first just come to you and just talk about the common things of salvation. He said, but I looked and I saw a need to tell people that you've got to contend for the faith that was first delivered to the saints. And so we've got to continue to do that. We've got to fight for uh, that which was first delivered to the saints because that word first actually actually means once and for all. Once and for all. In other words, it was delivered one time, and it's for everybody. Amen. That's what it means, that word first. It means it was delivered once, and it's for everybody. And you ain't got no business going around changing the doctrine that was first delivered to the saints. So we got to be obedient to that. And so I thank God that he has restored the church, amen, in these last days. And, uh, you know, a lot of people want to argue about that. They say, oh, we don't believe in that. Uh, you know, restoration of the church thing and doctrine and all that. Well, you can go ahead and uh, choose what you choose to believe, uh, even though there's plenty of scripture that talks about God doing the same thing with Israel. You say, well, the church is not Israel. Well, I full well know that as far as uh, literally physically being Israel itself. I-, I know that. I'm not ignorant to to that fact. But uh, the Bible does give an indication that the church is, is like uh, something similar to Israel. And we'll get uh, to those verses sometime. I'm certainly going to uh, want to get that verse and, and give it to you. Uh, not meaning that uh, the church is replacing Israel. We don't, uh, you know, here don't believe that God is going to be doing that in the case of, uh, you know, just dropping Israel like a hot potato. No, God God said through the mouth of the apostle Paul, he's going to restore Israel. And uh, so all Israel shall be saved. That's what the Apostle Paul says. So, so we're going to believe what the Bible says. What it says, it says, and you either believe it or you don't. And uh, so anyway, so we endeavor to speak the whole counsel of God's Word. We won't be leaving nothing out. We want to tell it exactly as it is said. Amen. And so when we've been talking lately, we've been talking about the things that God hates. And you know there's a lot of folks, who my goodness, there's a lot of folks that don't want to believe that God hates anything. They think Jesus is just some kind of patty cake, patty cake baker's man that just throws in the sweets as much as he can. And that's not true. You've got to have a balanced meal. Now God is certainly full of mercy and love and kindness and forgiveness. And you know, I, I, I've experienced that uh, myself time and again. And I thank God for His mercy. I thank God for His love and His forgiveness. I thank God that uh, we can confess our faults one to another and come to the Lord and say, God, forgive me of this foolish word or this foolish thought or so on and so forth because God is good and He's a merciful and loving God. And we certainly know that here at God's whole word. But one thing that we better get straight and that is that God is a holy God. And another thing that we need to get straight down in our soul straightened out is that love did not come or, or, or holiness did not come from God's love do you know a lot of people got that backwards they don't seem to understand that uh, love actually came from holiness holiness didn't come from love amen you say what in the world are you talking about well some people like to quote that scripture God is love yes he is but do you know where that love came from That love came from the fact that God is holy. You say, well, I don't quite understand. I don't quite follow. Well, you see, the thing of it is that without holiness, God would not be, uh, shall we say, the merciful God that he is. Because his holiness, it certainly demands that sin be dealt with and that sin be punished. But at the same time, holiness allows for mercy and forgiveness and love. Absolutely. And so, here at God's whole word, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, coming out from among them and being separate, living a holy life under God, separated from the world, and and all of that. But we cannot forget that that holiness, oh, hallelujah, it brings about love, it brings about mercy, it brings about forgiveness. And we've got to remember that in our daily lives. Every single day that we live as a child of the living God, We've got to remember that in our soul. And so it is that God is a balanced God. Amen. He's, he's a just God. He's a balanced God. God hates an unjust balance. Amen. That's what the Word of God says. And so, you know, you've got to understand that you've got to know, uh, as uh, the Apostle Paul said, uh, uh, certainly the kindness of God, the mercy of God, the love of God, but we also need to know the severity of God. Because if we only know the loving side of God, we're going to misunderstand some things. Because God is also a God of justice, judgment, and mercy. Now, a lot of times when the word judgment is spoken of in the scripture, it is talking about uh, in context when you read it, Uh, a right and proper judgment being given or handed down to people instead of an improper uh, judgment being given. And we find that so many times happening in this world. You know, people take bribes and all kinds of things just to bring about false uh, judgment or uh, incorrect judgment and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, the Bible makes it clear that the love of money is the root of all evil. Now, some people will misquote that, and they'll say, well, the Bible says money is the root of all evil. That's not what it says. It does not say that. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. So uh, we've got to put ourselves in check. If you're going to be a child of God, you're going to live for the Lord. You're going to want to make sure that you do the checks and balances in your life that need to be done uh, to both... um, Show uh, not only the mercy and the love and the kindness of God But to speak uh, when necessary uh, Of God's judgment and God's um, correction And God's uh, wanting to uh, show us how to God's uh, desire to want to show us how to serve Him And how to live for Him in a holy way Because He said, be ye holy for I am holy That's what God said Now is God a liar? He said, be ye holy, for I am holy. He didn't say, you're holy because I'm holy. And although that is, uh, you know, not exact to that scripture is what I mean. There is indication that yes, uh, clearly throughout the scripture that we find that Jesus is our perfection, that Jesus is the one that makes us completely perfect and holy before God. That's absolutely true. But when Jesus uh, told the devil, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, another word that's said in the scripture is, be ye holy, for I am holy. Now, if Jesus told the devil, man has got to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, that was penned in scripture, be ye holy, for I am holy. And so even though we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is our holiness, Jesus has made us perfect before God, thank God for that. Because without that, without the shedding of his blood, without uh, his blood washing us clean, we cannot and will not stand before God holy. It will not happen. You need Jesus Christ. You need the blood of the Lamb to cover your soul. But it does not remove the fact that the Lord tells us in Romans chapter 12 and 1, uh, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And then the Bible also tells us that, uh, you know, as, as it was re, uh, so spoken in the Old Testament, it is as well spoken in the New Testament, be ye holy, for I am holy, This is what God said. In the book of Corinthians, he The Apostle Paul is talking to the church and he says, you know, that we are uh, to come out from among them and be uh, separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. So uh, we've got to be mindful of those things. So with that said, I want to delve in just for a moment uh, what we've been talking about. Because we've got to have a balanced diet uh, of god's word and you say well i don't find you to be much balanced at all because you sure do talk about god's judgment a lot you sure do talk about uh the things that uh, you know pertain to uh, god's severity and so on look we do need to understand those things and we need to understand them in depth and the reason why i say that it's going to be balanced is because the world has already thrown at us and thrown at our children and thrown at, uh, you know, just uh, in everyday living, everywhere you go. I go in the grocery store, and what do I hear? Now, I, I, I you remember years ago when I was a kid and you would walk in the grocery store, they had what was called elevator music. Now, I don't know if y'all know what that is. But, you know, it's just do 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 You know, it's just, just a, a soft little melody of music, that kind of thing. Oh, not now. You can go in the store, you can hear some, I mean, almost hard rock music, I mean, and and things that are being said in those songs, and it's just blared out, and it's loud, and I remember... I had made up my mind one day, I took my phone, and I thought, well, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. I don't have to deal with this. Now, I can't just go to the manager of the store and say, you know, can you change that channel to a Christian channel? Can you uh, turn that music down? So I decided, you know what, I got my phone. And uh, I I, I call these phones, little one-eyed demon babies. Uh, You say, well, what in the world are you talking about? You're a crazy man. Now, you know, years ago, you know, back in the day, Pentecostals used to say the TV was a one-eyed demon. That's what they called it. Now, we're not foolish enough to think that it's an actual demon, but the thing of it is, the Bible says, can, can good and evil come out of the same cistern? And a lot of pastors, you know, they would teach us, say, well, uh, you know, how are you going to keep that thing in your house? And you'd be watching a bunch of uh, ungodly mess and so on and so forth. Uh, and so, you know... It's come about throughout uh, time, as as time has moved on, that it's almost next to impossible not to have some kind of computer or some kind of telephone or what uh, you know that uh, has a screen and all those things. Uh, a lot of people function with them with uh, their jobs and businesses, and so many uh, people are working from home now. And even now, you know, I'm on this podcast and I've got a, a laptop and uh you, you know my spouse works from home and there's a computer in there and and so on and so forth and and and, and you know cell phones to call because we don't have what's called a, what's called a landline Uh very few people have them anymore i know some people do i actually know some people personally that have a landline still uh but um you know a lot of people don't have them anymore matter of fact you could say to some people do you have a landline and some younger folks they don't know what you're talking about they'll say what's that and uh, so, you know, our world is has changed. And, um, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that, um, you know, people, when they get these phones and, and if they've got, uh, you know, television screens in their um, homes, you know, there's a lot of Pentecostal churches. They used to never so much as even uh, allow people to videotape weddings. I mean, I've, I've seen it back in the day. And uh, so... Yeah, come a long way, and they're those uh, same Pentecostal, Oneness Pentecostals, that, uh, uh, you know, they've kind of um, uh, adjusted things, I guess you could say, and uh, they, even some churches, they'll even sell like uh, Christian movies and things like that in their bookstore if they have. Now, not all of of the Pentecostal Oneness churches do that. Uh, Talking about Jesus' name, Oneness Pentecostal churches. But, but a lot of them have, have gone that way. And, uh, you know, and I, I, I tell people, I say, look, if you have one of those one eyed demons in your house, call that television one eyed demon, you get that one eye looking at you, then you better control that thing. You better make sure that, the, because we are to have a covenant, uh, you know, make a covenant between us and God with our eyes. You know, David did this very thing, making a covenant between him and the Lord with his eyes. And so uh, we are, are no better than to do that ourselves. I mean, it's something that uh, we should be doing ourselves. And we should make a commitment that even when nobody around, y'all know what I'm talking about? When nobody around, you ain't going to be turning on things you ought to be turned on. Because the thing of it is, when nobody else is around, you better know Jesus is there. Oh, yes, he is. You've been baptized with the Holy Ghost, and then Jesus is right there with you. And what you turn on, Jesus is going to see what you're watching. Amen. And so we got to be careful with that. But, you know, you say, well, why Why are you talking about all that stuff? Well, I don't know why I brought all that up, but maybe somebody needed it. But we've been talking about the things that God hates. And so I guess I could liken it unto this. You know, there's a lot of things on that one-eyed demon, which we call a television, that God would hate people to sit and watch now i'm not kidding there's some things that god hates that that you would sit there and watch and god would give you a conviction over your heart and say why are you sitting there watching that when you know you ought not be doing that and so you feel that conviction come over you then the best thing to do is turn the channel to turn it off and if you can't do that get rid of it amen and so you know over time we've had to make a lot of adjustments in our home i've gotten rid of our uh television buttons three, four different times over the years because people didn't want to listen to what I said, and i come in, and then there you go, they watching things that ought not being. be, and I said, I'm not going to have that stuff in my house. I'm not going to do it. I told you don't watch it, and I mean don't watch it. And then after a while, you know, you don't have the television for a while, and then people, you know, okay, well, well you know, and, and, and sometimes it takes several times for people to get an understanding, you see, you say, well, that's just cruel, cruel and unusual punishment. Well, you can say it how you want to say it, but I'm going to keep my, my house clean before the Lord. And uh, what you do with your life and how you stand before God when you get there is going to be your business. And what I uh, have to do and deal with when I meet him is going to be my business too. Because I'm going to have to give an account for what I've done and what I've taught. And you're going to have to give an account for what you sit there and done and think you can just keep playing around. You can't do that. So we've got to be mindful to to get right and stay right. Now, so the thing of it is that God hates some things. Maybe some things we're watching on television, you ought to change that channel, turn it off, or get rid of it. But uh, we, we've been talking about uh, some things that God hates, and one of the things that we've stopped to camp on is the shedding of innocent blood. The shedding of innocent blood. And we've been trying to Uh, move through this is uh, sometimes a little bit of a difficult situation to have to move through. Now, the other day we were talking and I began to talk about a couple of things that uh, God would hate that would be uh, somewhat a shedding of innocent blood. And I got on the subject of, uh, you know, drug dealers and, uh, you know, they're not there to, uh, they don't care. You know, we're talking about the higher ups, the ones living in the mansions and they've got their Uh, their Rolls Royces or whatever they got going on and they've got all of their people working for them and maybe some of them they got good lives too but it just keeps on traveling on down and you got people that it finally gets to the bottom where people are buying and maybe along the way some of those that are dealing are also uh, using too but I I talked about that because uh, I mentioned this uh, several times that my my son uh, died of a drug overdose less than a year ago And it's been very very difficult to deal with Um, and you know you raise your children in the way that they should go when they're an adult and they're out from under your roof there's not anything that you can do but pray and ask God to lead them and guide them and direct them Uh, but one thing you do have to know is that eventually each and every person they make decisions uh, of themselves the, you know the bible says that we all are to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling in other words you're going to have to have the respect of of, of the lord you're going to have to respect the lord have a respect for the lord god almighty and work your salvation out according accordingly you know, some people don't want to read that part. They'll say, well, the Bible says to work out my own salvation, so I'm going to go over here. That's uh, I'm going to go do this, or I'll go over this church, or I'll go... No, 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 no. That's not what that means. It don't mean you get to choose wherever you want to go. Now, if they don't preach the truth, then you can't say that that fits what God is talking about because that's not what he said he said work it out with fear and trembling in other words you better fear God and you better respect him enough that you're going to open up that Bible and see about where you're supposed to be going because if they're not preaching what was first delivered to the saints you better get yourself out of there you better tail it out of there and you better go find somebody that uh, somewhere where they're going to be preaching the truth amen But a lot of people, they want preachers with itching ears and they, you know, they're going to sit there and they're going to listen to whatever's going on. Well, God hates that too. You know, if they're going to teach you it's all right for you to commit abomination, and yes, there's a lot of churches that do that. They say, oh, I don't believe that. Okay. Well, if you keep listening on this podcast and you listen on uh, the ministry that we have, the eunuch preacher, you you will be hearing some things that will make it very clear to you what some of those abominations are. And God does not uh, at all uh, allow us to just continue to walk uh, in those things because the book of Revelation tells us what's going to happen if we do. Because God is going to deal with those that refuse to repent of those abominations. Amen. Amen. And so I got a mind to listen to the Lord when I pray. And God uh, says, okay, now I want you to talk about the things that I hate. So I said, Lord, I'm going to do. And so we've been camping out uh, with this thing called the shedding of innocent blood. We've talked about abortion. Uh, we've talked about uh, several different things that can kind of stir people up and get people bothered. you know. Uh, that is really boils down to the shedding of innocent blood. You talk about uh, you know people going out and robbing people, you know going up to ATMs and just robbing people and killing them for a few dollars or whatever it is you don't got going on, and you don't think you ain't gonna meet God? I oh, will tell you what, you're gonna meet God. You say, well, why would you talk like this if people that they only ones gonna be clicking on your podcast is just Christians? Well, let me tell you this. This is what I said the other day, and I'm gonna say it again, and I'm gonna keep repeating it. If you've got children grandchildren, nieces, nephews, anybody, you have a responsibility to talk to these people. Just talk to these children. They're people, aren't they? Sure they are. They're little people, young people. And they're impressionable. And this world is bombarding them with all kinds of wickedness. And so when I talk about balance, and you say, well, you're just always talking about the judgment of God. You're always talking about, uh, you know, sin. and everything. Listen, that's how it's getting balanced out. Because the world is coming at your children. If your children are in public school, don't tell me they don't see the things in this world. You're fooling yourself. Do you understand? Now, that doesn't mean that people can just turn around and afford to send kids to Christian school. Because honestly, Christian school is very expensive. I mean, I, I, I tell you, I, I don't understand that. I think that, it, you know, those that are, uh, got a mind to live for God and all of that, the churches ought to be making away. I mean, I realize I've got to make enough money to pay for the teachers that are there and so on and so forth and have what needs to be had. Uh, but uh, it should be something that is of a ministry in order for these children to be taught right from wrong. And be out from under uh, this uh, constant barrage of this woke uh, bunch of nonsense that's going on and, and teaching people, uh, oh, you know, there's a, oh, there's so many different genders and there's so many different uh, this, that, and the other. And, oh, there's not just two, you know, two sexes. And all, that, all that bunch of nonsense that has started up in these last few years. And then they want to say, oh, no, it's been going on. No, it hasn't. No, they'll they'll use certain things to try to prove their point. But if you keep looking and searching at what they brought up, you can find that that is not the case at all. It's something far different than what they're trying to portray. But what is going going on now is something that's being pressed to our children today. And so with that said, when I mention certain things on this podcast, then I'm I'm aiming to help uh, folks say, look, the Lord... You know what he's saying in his word. Let me tell you what the Lord is saying. He said, train your children in the way they ought to go. He didn't say, for your children to train you. And I remember reading an article the other day, and it just just floored me because the woman, you know, she began, she said, well, I want to tell you (coughs) why I agreed to let my, now pay attention, let my son have his breast cut off. And I thought, what in the world is she talking about? And I click on. Sure enough, it's it's this, you know, bunch of woke nonsense, and a bunch of uh, transgender lies that people won't tell. Now I'm gonna say this: I do believe emphatically that there are people that feel this inside them. I'm not ignorant to that. I know that there are people that struggle with that. I'm not ignorant to that. And I do not believe for one second that people should be going around, especially people that call themselves Christian, and and treating these people in a bad uh, way, in a hateful and mean way, in a very rude and disrespectful way. No. Uh, God, now you guys got to remember, the Lord has created each person. Uh, the Bible says that's true. Now, you either believe it or you don't. And that each person is made in his image. You either believe it or you don't. Now, we're born in sin. And that is true too. You either believe the word or you don't. And with that comes sometimes some things that are very difficult to deal with. And some people, uh, there are people, many, many, many people that I uh well, I won't say many, but it is for one person, I would say. Over the years of, of some of these folks that I've known. Uh, and 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 this is what I wanna say. Most of the ones that I've seen, seen and knew personally, they truly struggled with this. Now, I'm going to say this, and I know some people just going to flat out not agree with what I say, but you got your right to disagree and all of that. Uh, but, you know, there are people out there that are just being moved by what is going on in the world. This woke agenda and this, this uh, transgender agenda uh, ideology and the lbgtq ideology uh, all of those things that have come into play and 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 really have been pushed in a greater measure since this thing covid came Hmm? oh yeah a lot of things have changed and you can't tell me you don't see that now if you you sit there and tell me that you don't see it i'm gonna tell you you know what (laughs) i don't think you're telling the truth and I think you got you know blinders put over your eyes for some reason. Now maybe you really are spiritually blind to the situation. That could be. But you need to pray for God to open up your eyes because there's a lot of Christians that have fallen into this trap. That uh, you know, if your children comes to you and tells you that they're transgender, and 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 what'll be pushed is, oh, if you don't agree with it, they're gonna they're gonna kill themselves. And they will push that and push that and push that and push that. And so this. Young lady, now I'm not saying that they've not got a problem with suicidal thoughts and so on. But you have to remember those things there—the suicidal tendencies and in the emotional problems they have—are not brought on because of the fact that they feel this uh, uh, thing about transgender and then nobody accepts them. So that's why they've got all these emotional problems. No, it's the other way around. They already had. Uh, these emotional struggles and problems within their soul and this just gets exacerbated all the more when this uh, begins to be pressed because uh, it is something that um, is a deeply troublesome problem for people. And so I do want to say there should not be any Christian whatsoever, wherever you are, that you would belittle them or mistreat them in any way should not be but at the same time those of us who walk with the lord and serve the lord we realize that this is uh from the fallen nature it is from uh, the fallen nature that came and and as we move further and further i've taught this many times as we move further and further from the garden the further we get the more uh, decades that pass by the more uh, millennia that pass by and, and and centuries that pass by and we are further and further and further away from that garden of perfection that we were in the worse it's probably going to get now there's going to be some people that disagree with me but I'm going to say this to you because some people just say oh no it just it was the same always from the time they left no it wasn't you can look uh, in, in the book of Genesis. You find that's not true at all. Because uh, there was a point in time when, when people were able to live a very long period of time. Now, some people say, oh, that's not true, blah, blah, blah. Listen, if all you're going to do is sit there and argue, you ain't never going to be able to learn a thing. Not a thing. If all you're going to do is when when somebody comes and brings the truth To you from the word of God itself. I'm not telling you my opinion. I'm telling you what the word of God says. And this is the reason why the devil. Has tried to take the word of God. And tried to turn it upside down. And make it look like. Oh that wasn't written by God. God didn't move on men. Mm, The Holy Ghost didn't do that. Oh yes he did. But you don't want to hear it. Now. Now. So I got a question. Why would you even listen to a Christian podcast anyway? If all you're going to do is argue. If all you're going to do is disagree. If all you're going to do is is just belittle whatever's said. Why bother? Is it because you want to listen and you want to disagree and you want to find a way to disagree? Because you got a disagreeing type of spirit. You know, you got to find out why you're behaving like that. All right, so I want to read a passage of Scripture here before we go into talking about the things that God hates. And this is something that the Lord spoke to the prophet Ezekiel. And you say, well, why are you, why are you read from prophet Ezekiel? I'm going to go back to what I said a while ago. If you believe in Jesus and you believe that he's alive, see, I don't just believe he's alive. I know he's alive. Hallelujah, glory to God. I know that Jesus is alive because he's inside of me, you see. And you know, somebody say, they they talking about that scripture, say, yeah, you know, uh, the Bible says uh, that if anybody asks you, you ought to be able to give uh, a reason for your hope. I'm going to tell you why I hope. Because Jesus is on the inside of me. He's alive and he's on the inside of me and he lives forevermore inside of me. Hallelujah. And so that's my hope. I know Jesus is alive. Nobody, nobody can qu- cause me to uh, question. You know, I used to. I mean, there ain't nothing wrong with people. You know, uh, you know. As you grow in the Lord, and you you got questions, you ask those questions, and and and, and trying to get some uh, some answers. But but I'm gonna tell you what. When the when the, when it all boils down to it, you gotta understand. You also have to walk by faith. There's no two ways about that. Because the bottom line is all this other stuff going on from the world now that people say. Hmm? Like the Big Bang Theory. Don't you know that's what it used to be called? It used to be called a theory. They don't call it a theory anymore. No. They don't do that no more. They used to. But now they just say the Big Bang. They don't say the Big Bang Theory. Why? Because they want to keep pressing into you and getting you to believe what they say. But do you know it takes more faith to believe in the Big Bang Theory? Because that's what it still is. <laughs> yes, sir. It's still a theory, no matter what anybody say. Hmm? Yes, sir. And so it takes more faith to believe that than to believe the fact that God created everything that there is, including you and your soul. Hmm. And he knew your name before your mom and daddy did. Or whoever it is that you were birthed to. You know, so many people now, they're going and using uh. uh, uh Artificial insemination, all this. Thing. And I got a lesson on that myself. And some people are not going to like what I say. But anyway. But, uh, you know, so many people, birthing children out of God's way, out of God's direction, out of God's guidance, out of God's plan, and so on and so forth. And uh, But in any event, when the day is done, God is going to ask each and every one of us why we didn't listen to his word. Why we did not listen to his Messiah that he sent to this world. Why did you not listen to my son? Oh, you're going to hear that one. Yes, you are. You're going to meet God. And you're going to meet God through Jesus. Because nobody can get to the Father but through Jesus. Every Muslim is going to have to meet the Lord. That's the truth. You're going to have to meet Him. And you're going to have to give an account why you didn't listen to the Word of God. Why that you decided to listen to the, to the Quran, which was something that was created after God's Word. Which was created after God's Word. Now, when I say God's Word, I'm not talking about the King James that we've got. Okay, and I'm grateful to the to that. That's what I use the King James version. I'm not talking about the New King James version, but I'm talking about the King James version. I know there's some other ones, and I'll talk about that sometime. But um, I'm talking about the man, the original manuscripts. I'm talking about the very original manuscripts are out there. Hmm? The Muslim faith did not come until after Christianity had been brought to this earth by Jesus Christ. Now. The Muslims have their own thoughts and ideas about things. I know I've got some of them in my family. Um, And I mean no disrespect to nobody. I'm just going to tell you the truth. I'm just going to say to you, look, some things you're going to have to take by faith. You're going to have to take the Word of God by faith. You're going to have to take what it says by faith. Does that mean that there's not some some things that are going to come uh, to fruition to prove certain things? Oh, God will do that, and He certainly has. Oh, yes, He has, because a lot of people they will saying, "Oh, well, this this wasn't this isn't true in the Word of God," and they kept going on and on. And then archaeological uh, findings and stuff proved exactly what the Bible was saying. Huh? And, and, and then they move on to something else that, because something else that hasn't been, uh, you know, found yet, uh, they're going to sit there and say, oh, well, that's not true what the Bible said about this, that, and the other, because we've never found any ar- archaeological proof and so on and so forth. And yet, you know, you'll, you'll find through time, you find that sometimes there, as time has went on, there have been archaeological findings that proved some of the things that the Bible said that people swore up and down that it wasn't so. So you know what? I'm going to tell you like this. God sometimes is going to hide things and keep them hidden, my friend. So that some people, some people, because you're still going to have to walk by faith. They're going to have to be people that are going to be walking by faith. And and that includes all of us. So you know what? There was a lot of folks that believed what the Word of God said before any archaeological findings approved anything. And even though there's some things that archaeological findings have proved, there's still people that's got faith to believe that one day, even if it takes that big old earthquake that the Bible's going, that's talking about, that it's prophesied about, even if that's got to turn up some things, after the church is gone, I believe. <laughs> yes, sir. And so we would be wise to take it by faith that God does hate some things. And you better get yourself straightened out. You better find out what God hates because you don't want to be doing what God hates. And we have been camping on shedding of innocent blood. God hates the shedding of innocent blood. Amen. If you think you can play games with God and cause the shedding of innocent blood, you better think again. Oh, you better think again. You can't do that. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. And we've all been guilty. I've said that before on this podcast. We've all been guilty of shedding of innocent blood. Yes, we have. We most certainly have. Every last one of us. Because every one of us, we've sinned and come short of the glory of God, and we all nailed Jesus to the cross. Every last one of us. Don't sit there and, and blame the Romans or blame the Jews. You know, people argue back and forth. No, we're all guilty. The Jews, the Romans, the Gentiles, uh, the, everybody, we're all guilty because we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Ain't nobody left out. But when God says he hates the shedding of innocent blood, certainly when we repent of our sins and come to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sins, that is uh, something God is going to forgive you for because you nailed him to the cross. nailed him to the cross with my sin you nailed him to the cross with your sin yeah yeah you if you're gonna read the word of God you're gonna find that out and then you gotta believe it amen because if you don't believe it then why are you serving Jesus if you don't believe that you're guilty why are you serving Jesus if you don't believe that your sin put him on the cross why are you even serving Jesus why bother Because that is the pivotal uh, uh, moment, shall we say, that caused Jesus to be hung on the cross. Because when Mama and Daddy in the garden, God God knows, and you know on this podcast, I call them Mama and Daddy in the garden. I'm talking about Adam and Eve. Because it says she was the mother of all living. You wonder why we got all the different, uh, what we call races? Because the Bible says she was the mother of all living. Why can't you get that? Why can't you understand? Why is that so hard to understand? Why does it take some kind of scientific degree to understand that? Oh, she couldn't have possibly birthed all the races. Oh, my word, the Bible says she was the mother of all living. Hallelujah. So you know what? This racism bunch of nonsense. Don't you know, one way or another, we all come from the same mom and daddy. So you need to get over it. Hmm? That's right. Your white brother and your black brother, we're brothers. Hallelujah. Asian brother, white brother, we're brothers. Hallelujah. Mexican sisters and Asian sisters, we're sisters if you're a sister in the Lord. I ain't talking about somebody that says they're a sister that's not a sister because you wasn't born as a sister. I ain't talking about that. Y'all know I'm not talking about that. Amen. And hallelujah. You say, oh, you're just a misogynist and you're just a... You know, I look that word up and I say, my goodness, what? I, I, I just don't understand... What in the world people, how they can come up with these words When if you read the word of God, you wouldn't even be able to come up with that kind of word and use it as a Christian. But there are Christians who use these words. Huh? Men and women are not the same. And if you say that, why is a misogynist? The Bible says, Jesus said, in the beginning, they were made Male and female, that's what Jesus said. That's what God said in the beginning. That's what Jesus said when He came. You say, Well, you're just one of them crazy people. You're on the far right. You're this, you're that. You know, on and on. Actually, I was part of the gay community for many years. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, I was. Mm hmm. And I can go on and on about that. And I have talked about it to some degree. And uh, I am writing a book. I'm trying to get that done so I can get that published and talking about those things. And the things that I saw. I, I, You know, I was uh, in what was probably the biggest gay church that exists today called the Metropolitan Community Church. I was a part of that uh, church. Um, And um, so but god said to come out from among them he said to come out from among them and turn around and go the other way and go towards him and uh, you know in the course of that you know in that church god um i met uh the the man that i ended up legally marrying and all these things we were uh did foster care, adopted children, and all of these things. And they became our family. And, and, and God began to move on us and say, I want you to come out from among them and be separate. And he said, I want you to begin to walk the way I call you, called you to walk. And he said, and I want you uh, to begin a ministry and begin to reach uh, to people. And uh, and he said he'll guide and lead. And so uh, God has had to do a great work. Now, there's a lot of folks that just uncomfortable, uh, with my testimony. A lot of people are uncomfortable uh, with the stand that I take. And there are even people on the right that just, they are so uncomfortable being around me. Um, I've got family members that still to this day won't speak to me. Even though I live for the Lord and I've turned my life around, uh, there's some people just, uh, you know, they're just not comfortable. And that's okay. You know, you God is going to put some things in front of you to see if you're going to really serve Him and forgive people like God tells you to do. Because you've got to forgive. You've got to love people no matter what. And you've got to forgive them no matter what. Because the Lord said, You don't forgive them. He said, My father ain't going to forgive you. Now, that's serious business. And so I got a mind to listen to him. I got a mind to want to obey him. Because, you know, in the end, I got to meet him. And you got to meet him. We got to meet the Lord. And we got to be ready to meet him. So I want to read this scripture real quick. It's in the book of Ezekiel. God called this preacher, uh, this prophet, uh, ezekiel to speak to israel because they just kept sinning kept sinning and kept sinning and would not turn around would not repent uh you know and and speaking to judah as well and uh you know at one point israel and judah were divided uh, under david they came together as one nation and uh you know but uh in, in any event god calls uh, this prophet uh, ezekiel and and i want to read what he says to to those prophets that are on the wrong side of things. You know, they act like they're God's prophets, but they're not. Now, when it says the word her, when you see the word her, it's talking about Jerusalem here. So I want that clear when we uh, read that uh, passage. But it says in verse 23 of chapter 22 in the book of Ezekiel. So that's chapter 22 and verse 23. It says, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying... This is Ezekiel speaking. Son of man... This is what he says. that God spoke to him. God did speak. Say unto her... Now that's talking about Israel here, and you can find that uh, when you go up to verse 18. You'll find out that he's talking about the house of Israel. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto her, Thou art... The land that is not cleansed, nor rained upon in the day of indignation. In other words, when God's judgment comes, ain't gonna be no rain to stop God's judgment. And then it says in verse 25 there's a conspiracy of her prophets. And see, just as there was conspiracy of her prophets, uh, meaning Israel's prophets, the same has happened with the Church of the Living God. You've got many, many people out there that are preaching the Word of God that have uh, come along, and 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 they've got a conspiracy. You see what I mean? Well, y'all, do you know what a conspiracy is? You know, where people they got this idea, and they're going they're gonna work it out for the benefit of them and their group and all that kind of thing. Now, that's a short and easy way to put it. But there's a lot of people out there that are preaching all kinds of things that are absolutely not even in the Word of God. Just like the the prosperity gospel. It's a foolish thing for people to sit there and preach that nonsense. Now, that doesn't mean that God won't bless you. That doesn't mean that God can't bless you. That doesn't mean that God couldn't make somebody rich. He could. But if you come to Jesus and you've been told, if you come over here, God's going to make you wealthy. Do you know what a bold-faced lie that is? Do you know how many people that are not wealthy that are serving God uh, with all of their hearts serving the Lord Jesus with everything that they've got that are not rich they never got rich no they've been living for the Lord and some of them under the uh, line of poverty for many many years some of them all the way till they died but they were happy in Jesus. They were rich in the Lord. And, and now, uh, uh, you know, uh, having left this earth, <laughs> left that body, yes, sir, they've come into the wealth that God had prepared for them. You know, he said, I go to a place and prepare a place for you. I go and I prepare a place for you. And so these prophets, they had a conspiracy going. And they were wanting to get as many people to follow them as they could, and they uh, wanted to speak things that God did not speak. And so they said there's this conspiracy among uh, her prophets in the midst thereof, like a roaring lion ravening the prey, they have devoured souls. This is what they're going after." And see, uh, people that are under these false problems, they don't even realize that their soul is being devoured. They don't even realize that their soul is being eaten up because they're being told things that are absolutely the opposite of what God's Word says. Hmm? And, and it says a roaring lion. Well, don't you know in the New Testament it says, that it, what does the devil do? He goes about as a what? A roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. And here it talks about... The souls being devoured, and he says that it's the prophets that are doing it. It's the preachers, it's the pastors, it's the leaders. And you think that's going to be any different for the church of the living God? Oh no, the devil's going to come because Jesus said that the devil will not prevail. The gates of hell, in other words, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. But don't you know that that is Jesus speaking and telling us he's going to flat out give it a try? Because that's the reason why Jesus says what he does. He said the gates of hell will not prevail. Because when we look at it, it looks as though they're going to prevail. That's what it looks like. But Jesus said don't worry about that because they're not going to prevail. Even though it may look that way, they're not going to prevail. So that means they're going to come and they're going to do some destruction. Amen. So so, uh, they're like a roaring uh, lion ravening the prey and they have devoured souls and they have taken the treasure and precious things. I want to talk about that for a minute. They have devoured souls and taken treasure and precious things. So I'm going to stop there for a minute. We're talking about the things God hates. We're talking about the shedding of innocent blood. Treasure and precious things. Don't you know our children are treasure? and precious things from God. Certainly. The Bible says they're a blessing from God. And so when we talk about certain things, like the other day, when I was on here on Friday, and I was talking about the fact that, uh, you know, there are people that are, uh, you know, under this, um, as you would be able to say, probably more clearly, I would say, when I identify them as the drug dealers, okay, I want to get real specific here—the drug dealers, the ones that are bringing the drugs in. Maybe they're bringing them in across the border. Maybe they're bringing them in on boats or planes. How are they getting them in here? And 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 they're bringing them to this country. Not that they don't have it in other countries, but I'm talking about America. I live in America. I love America. I love America. So we're gonna talk about America. Y'all, y'all know what I mean. Let's talk about America. So. How are they getting across? And a lot of times they do get across the border. People bringing them in on trucks and just all kinds of ways of trying to bring it in. But somewhere along the line, it began with somebody over in another country growing that stuff and then trying to bring it in through here. Huh? And, and, and it happens many times that way. And then the next thing, you've got uh, those that will be uh, you know, given to selling it. Okay, and so you got those people, and they're gonna make some money. But it, what it all boils down to is, eventually, it's gonna to get to somebody that's gonna be uh, taking it and smoking it, or 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 injecting it, or whatever they're gonna do. You say, well, Pastor Brother, those are not innocent. Well, I, you know, when I said the other day, I I I've wrestled so much since my son. You know, he he made up his mind; he wasn't gonna live for God. He had been touched by the power of the Holy Ghost in church more than one time. I remember when I would lay hands on him and, and he began to just sob and weep and cry and and, and, and and look like stammering lips were coming to him and then he would just back away. I've seen that happen. And I, I cannot change what happened with my son. I cannot do that. As much as I would want to, I can't change it. As much as I would want to bring him back, I can't. And I have to face that. I have to face that. And so, but the thing of it is, we do need to talk about this because it is the shedding of innocent blood. You say, how can you call this innocent blood when you were talking about, uh, you know, the drug dealers? Because ultimately, these people are dying and they're not innocent because they're taking the drugs. Let me ask you a question. When your children are born, are they not innocent? Does God not give us a glimpse of what it was like with Adam and Eve in the garden when you hold an innocent little baby in your hands, in your arms, for the first time? Sometimes hands, because they're so small. I know there's a family, their baby was born very, very early and and, and, and just touch and go and... and uh, you know, it's just really, really difficult, and it looks like he's the baby is finally pulling out of things. He was born, I think, like three months early, and uh, so it, it's been a real struggle. But it looks like God is pulling him through. But um, when you hold that baby, that baby that's never sinned, they've never uh, done anything wrong, you can take a glimpse of what it was like to see the innocence of. Mom and Daddy in the garden. Adam and Eve in the garden. It, it was just, you know, it's a blessed thing to be able to hold a baby and know, look at this child, completely innocent, not having disobeyed anything that's being said yet. They're just so dependent as you hold them and you have to feed them and you change them and you and you rock them and you hold them and uh, dress them and bathe them and all the things that we do, uh, you know, for a little innocent baby. They are innocent. They begin that way, and this is why I try to say to y'all: Listen, the world is out there, and some people said, "Why do you talk so negative?" And listen, are you going to be like the ostrich and just bury your head in the sand and ignore the truth? You gonna to have to pull that neck of yours! If you acting like an ostrich with your head in the sand, and get your head up out of the sand, and shake the sand out of your eyes, and look—don't be blind. The Bible said we've got to be aware of the devil's devices. Don't you believe the Word of God? Don't you ever read it? That's what it say. You don't have to be aware. Open up your eyes, friend. And so these children, they come to us innocent. You know, uh, those of you, uh, that, that you, God has allowed you to birth a child. Or maybe, maybe you adopted a, a little baby from the hospital. And, and the little bitty children, you know, babies. Not done a thing yet. They've not told a lie yet. They've not stole nothing yet. They've not done anything wrong yet. And you can see the innocence in them just like I can. You can go into the nursery of a hospital and see all those little babies. They're they're completely innocent. They've not done a thing yet. They've not sinned yet. And yet they're born into sin. They will eventually. But there's this point that they just have this innocence about them. So yes, there is an innocence that's there. And the world is out there. The Bible says, what is in the world? What does the Bible say? Have you not read the scripture that says that it's the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life that is in the world? And that world is going to do whatever it can, and Satan's going to see to it that people will begin to mar these innocent children by continually pressing Their agendas, pressing this whole uh, thing with drugs and all of these things. Don't you know so many of these drug dealers, they like hang out around the schools to sell drugs to kids, especially near high schools. And yet these children, they, they, they were born in innocence. So yes, they had an innocence somewhere at one time. This is what I was trying to say and Satan wants to come along you can see so many things happening in, in in public schools now that you never would have saw before not when I was growing up when I was growing up there was a board in the office of the principal and she didn't have a problem using it if you didn't mind in, 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 your teacher and your teacher I seen teachers take, uh, take y'all know what a yardstick is? it's, it's a three foot stick they call it a yardstick some people don't even know what that is anymore and I remember seeing one of the teachers here in Texas one time when we were lined up and going to lunch. And, and she had a little boy up there in front of the classroom. She was, she was spanking his little behind with that yardstick. And you could hear him. Ah! And she said, you're not going to do that no more. <laughs> no. And then it was over. And I guess the whole class was, you know, in fear of the teacher, but they showed no wasn't going to disobey her. But now, you know, people took the board out and go, oh, that's abuse. Oh, this, oh, that. Look, I know there is abuse. I'm not ignoring the fact that there is physical abuse of some children. But to say that you spank your child that it's abuse, that's ridiculous. You're lying. you are you telling the lie on God? Okay, that's one thing. Because the Lord is the one that says that, that you, you know, you, you can't sit there and spare the rod. You can't do that. He said the rod right of correction has got to be done sometimes. Now the rod right of correction should not be translated into abuse. I agree with that. You know, I don't think not any parent should ever, ever spank their child with a switch. Never. Never, not one time. Ever. There ain't no sense in that. Amen. Now, I think the best course of action is over that padded behind that God gave them uh, with with maybe your bare hand. Now, I'm not talking about, uh, you know, a bare behind or anything, you know, depending on the age. I mean, they might, you know, a little toddler or whatever, uh, doing something they're not supposed to, they might... You know, and, and, and really, you, you probably don't have to do it that way. But I'll tell you what, uh, uh, a little hand over the behind that God padded for a reason. One, to sit down, and number two, to, to wake them up and to help them out, to understand. Amen. There's not, nothing wrong with getting a child to on them the behind, but you know there's people that they don't want to hear that. Now, you go punching on your child, you double up your fist and punch on your child, you ought to go to jail. There ain't no sense in that kind of stupidity. Ain't no sense in somebody taking a switch off a tree and and whipping their child to blood. And I've had that done to me when I was a young child. Ain't no sense in that. That's abuse. Okay? Ain't no sense in taking a belt and whipping your child and leaving marks all over your child. Ain't no sense in that. Absolutely not. But I'll tell you what. uh, And some people disagree with that. Some people say, well, you know, I got whipped with a belt. I got, you know, whatever. I, I get that, but I think there's a limit on some things, and I think absolutely uh, switching, that ought to be absolutely outlawed. Anybody that switches a child, you ought to go to jail. You say, boy, that's some rigid stuff there. Well, I, that's what I think. I think. I think it's just too severe. Have you ever taken a switch and hit yourself? If you've never been switched, let me tell you, it's a horrible thing to be switched. I've had it done. It's a horrible thing. And, and you know a lot of times when when children are raised with that type of um, way they a lot of times they'll end up doing the same thing with their children they end up switching them and they, and, they, and it it's not a good thing and so you've got to you got to come to if if you have I mean uh, you know set your children down and and tell them you know the Bible does tell me that I've got to correct you, but I'm sorry. I shouldn't have never done it that way. I shouldn't have done that. I should have just bent you over my knee and gave you a couple of swats with my hand, uh, you know. And, and and you know, sometimes you might need a couple more swats, depending on what they've done. You see. And then when they get to a certain age, there's a time that you got to do other things. You know, once once they, you know, by the time they're a teenager, they ought to have had a few swats on the behind that will help them to understand, to respect mom and daddy. But, uh, you know, there come a time when you're going to have to, to start uh, adjusting things and doing other things in order to get them uh, to stay in line. And you say, well, I don't like you just saying it like that, stay in line. What, what do you think I mean by that? What do you think I mean by that? And see, that's what's so bothersome is that Christians have a problem with you talking like that. But there's nothing wrong with saying your children need to stay in line. What do you think that means? It means to stay in line with God's Word. Don't you understand that? Huh? Amen. Now, should a child be spanked for every single thing they do wrong? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It should be the last resort of things. You should not, every time your child do something wrong, that you you figure the only way to do it is to spank him. Sometimes you you got to sit your child down and talk to him. Sometimes you you got to, and, and when you get through, you need to spend some time in prayer with your child. Amen. Now, I ain't talking about putting them, uh, you know, down... It ain't nothing wrong with teaching them to get out on their knees and pray but you know if you're going to be spending an hour in prayer uh, for yourself well that's you and god but a little child they're not going to be able to kneel down for no hour you're going to have to have some mercy because a child you know they got they got short attention spans and all that you know you might need to spend you know for a little one you know a few minutes and say, we're going to talk to the Lord about this. We're going to talk to the Lord about your disobedience and ask the Lord to forgive you and teach them that they have to go to God because you've got to teach them how to do that. you got to teach them how to tell the Lord, look, I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive me, Lord, and help me, give me the strength that I need not to do uh, this disobedient thing again. you got to teach them how to walk with the Lord. But you certainly cannot teach them by abusing them. And I, I'm going to tell you, it, it, it's a hard lesson to learn sometimes. You know, and when I say that, I'm, not talking, about, I'm talking about parents. Uh, it's a hard lesson to learn that, look, there's a, there's a, a way to correct a child and a way not to correct a child. You don't ever pick nothing up and throw something at a child. You should never, ever do such a thing. Never. Not one time. Should not be the case. But, you know, you've got to start with them at a young age. They've got to learn above all that you love them and that you care about them and that you don't just care about uh just specifically just their their, their personage as they are in in life per se in living life and you know as 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 their son or, or daughter whatever god has given you but also that they are loved as a child of god that god loves them beyond even your love but you've got to show your children love and if all that you think that you've got to do is every time you turn around that you've got to, you've got to bend them over your knee and spank them and you don't never talk to them, you don't never pray with them, you don't never hold them, you don't never tell them you love them, uh, something's wrong. And, and I question your Holy Ghost, whether or not you've ever been baptized with the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost should give you this way about you to, to show love and care to your children. You see? Now, that doesn't mean... That you don't want to send them in the next week sometimes. I, I don't mean that, but you know what the Bible says about that. And when I say send them in the next week, you know full well what I mean. I mean, no, I, I know full well your children can send you over the edge. That's right. And you you won't just knock them in the next week. But you can't do that. You can't just turn around and knock them in the next week. Now, I know that's not possible, but you know what I mean by that. And and, and what that the Bible said is that you what, what are we not supposed to do when we're angry? Be angry and not what? Sin not. Because our anger can get out of control and never should anyone, ever, 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 any parent, I don't care whether you're mom daddy, aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa, older sister, older brother, whoever you are, never should you ever spank a child when you're angry. Never. Now, I don't know why I said all that, because I wouldn't mean to say that, but somebody need to hear, and you better hear, and you better understand, and you better pray, and ask the Lord to help you to raise your children right, or, or whoever you are as a parent. Whatever God has put together for you, if, if you're an older sibling trying to raise your you you don't have to do it right. You going not have to do it the loving and godly way that the Lord calls us to do. Now, with that said, Let's move on, cause I won't get done here. And so these preachers, now it, it's saying here is say that uh, it says there's a conspiracy in the prophets. Now, unfortunately, there's some many, I'll say many uh, preachers and teachers and so on of so and, and they'll tell you always oh, well, should never spank a child at all. Well, that's going the wrong direction in the other way. You know, you can go to extremes and, and abuse your child, as we've talked about here. And, and, and you know, and I, let me just say this too. You, you shouldn't be taking, don't be taking ropes and all this other stuff and, and, and whooping your child with that. Don't you be tying your child up. Don't you be taping their mouth down. Do you know what kind of stupid stuff I have heard? The people I read, it's like I look on my phone, it's like, what is wrong with these parents? They just act like they lost their mind. Amen. You got to show love to your children. Now, with that said, because you gotta use some common sense. With that said, the other side of the thing is, you got preachers and prophets and false teachers and everything, say, oh no. You don't never spank your child. Don't never, you know, you you should, you know, just let them feel what they should feel. They, they got to learn on their own. I'm not going to tell them about the Bible. I'm not going to tell them about the Word of God. I got to let them make their own decisions because I'm not going to press them. Do you know you're acting like a fool when you do that? Mm-hmm. Because the Bible says train them in the way they should go. Are you going to call God a liar? Are you going to call God a liar? He said to train them in the way they should go. That's what the Lord said. You got you to gotta teach them right from wrong. You got to teach them how to serve God. And, and, and so it says there's a conspiracy among the prophets in the midst thereof. Like a roaring lion, a ravening prey, they have devoured souls and they have taken the treasure and precious things. These children, they ought to be precious. They ought to be treasure to us. And so with that said, this is the reason why I say what I do. These people do not care about your children that are selling drugs. They don't care about your children. Okay? So with that said, we, because this can be the shedding of innocent blood by their hands. Because along the way, they keep being marred and marred and marred. You say what do you mean? Because pressure is put on them at the public school. Now look, most of us cannot afford. I could not afford to send my kids to Christian school. My word, we had nine kids. How could we do that? There was no way to do that. It's totally. I remember I was going to try to send one of my daughters because she was so out of the way with her behavior, and I was going. I was doing everything I could, and I I searched out trying to find a Christian school, and I thought that there was one that I could maybe possibly send her to. But when they found out that uh, Brother Vernon and I were together, they they said no, we can't do that. And I said, well, i You know, I didn't want to press the issue with anybody. I just said. I think that you need to know this, but I just want her to go to Christian school because she's really being affected by what's going on at the public school more so than any of the other kids. Well, unfortunately, I wasn't able to to do that. The pastor had sympathy, but she said, you're kind of like the lone duck, aren't you? I said, yeah, because I told her, I said, you know, we live holy. We live holiness, Pentecostal holiness. I said, but God called us to come out from among them and not even be a part of the gay gay community, not to be, you know. But uh, still, caused us and called us to move forward with the ministry together. And a lot of people just don't understand that. They just cannot. uh, It just does not sink in. They can't. uh, They have a very hard time with that. Even though you know the scripture makes it very clear that God uh, will use even the base things, things that people will look at and say i i despise that things that are despised the bible says god will use people that are, are despised even within the christian community you know so people like me even though uh, we've come out from among them and be separate and god calls us to work uh, in in ministry and reaching those that are part of that trying to help pull them out so that they can be ready and saved some people just can't get that they, they have a hard time and they look at you as 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 despised but the bible says god will do that if he choose so he will do and god has done so so i got to be obedient and brother vernon got to be obedient to follow god's way but i say these things out of uh, you know just experience as a foster parent just some of the things that i've seen and some of the things that children had to go through and suffer through at the hands of their own parents just absolute flat-out abuse Absolute flat-out abuse. Now, as a foster parent, you couldn't spank your children. You weren't allowed to spank foster children, and we obeyed that. Uh, And even after we adopted our our children, uh, you know, I can tell you right now that between our three adopted children, there's one of them never got spanked, not one time, not one time after we adopted. And uh, the one daughter, uh, another one, she probably only got spanked maybe one time. And that was just like two, three swats on her bottom because of something that she had done. Uh, And of course, you know, it was not anything. It was more of a... Well, you know, some people say, well, I don't agree with this. It hurt you more than it hurt them, blah, blah, blah. But it actually did because it bothered me when she went to tears. And it wasn't because it was really, you know, I, I didn't. Swatter, hard, just enough to let her know that I was not pleased with what she had done. And in our home, it was it was something that was severe enough that needed her to understand that. Uh, and uh, it, you know, and never had to do it again. And she's grown up to be a very sweet and loving child. Uh, another one, uh, never not one time. One of them, the other one. Now our our son, he he probably got maybe. A, Few more than his sister, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you know, four or five different times over the course of his, his life because he was very, very stubborn. But he's turned out to be a decent young man, a very, very loving and very kind. I won't say even, uh, you know, he struggles with uh, his walk with the Lord, and I do uh, pray for him each and every day. Uh, he's made it clear to me when he was young that God had called him, which I had already known, but I didn't want to say anything to him. Uh, I wanted the Lord to reveal it to him, and the Lord did, and he told me. He said, yeah. And so he's he's running from the Lord, and I know that the Lord is going to do a work in his life one day. Uh, but but one thing I can say, uh, I, I I said this to a social worker one time. I said, you know, I don't always know what to do. I said, as far as, you know, when I'm presented with certain things, because of my own background, you know, I was raised by parents that uh, had suffered emotional problems, and just a lot of of different things. And I said, so, I told a social worker, I said, you know, I was just really surprised that, that that with given the past and the facts we were in foster care, that I would, we were ever going to be approved to be foster parents. But, but God said that it was going to happen and God made a way. I said so. I said the thing of it is, I don't always know what to do. I said that sometimes when I'm presented with things, because I'm like a, I'm like a kind of like a clean slate sort of, or was as 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 God blessed us with children to raise, because I said you know, I looked at the craziness, and I I don't mean that to be disrespectful to anybody that suffers through emotional problems, but my mother and stepfather both had severe emotional problems, um, you know, just really severe and I've I've talked about some of those things and some of the things that I had to endure uh, suffering under but you know some people um, with what they go through they don't know what normal is and that was that was my thing I didn't know I knew that what I was raised with and what I saw was not normal and wasn't right I knew that switching a child was not right just because of the suffering that I had with it. I knew that uh, whipping a child with a belt was not right because I suffered through that. But you know sometimes uh, you 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 really kind of struggle back and forth because you don't you don't know exactly what to do when you're like a clean slate like okay i know this is wrong and i know this is wrong but god you do say we need to correct our children so what do you do and then you have to learn how to balance it out you have to learn how how to uh, you know to correct your children properly because they can't go without correction because you know that's what a disciple is they they have to learn to discipline themselves you have to teach your children to discipline themselves Because that's what a disciple is of Christ, is to discipline yourself in the ways of the Lord. And unfortunately, with the false prophets that Israel had, they weren't taught how to discipline themselves in God's ways. And now, even so, with uh, the Church of the Living God, we have uh, had so many false teachers and preachers, and the things that are taught now, that uh, people don't know how to... Uh, disciple be discipled they don't know how to walk a disciplined life before the lord and so he said there's a conspiracy of these prophets he said they're like a roaring lion and they're seeking uh they're ravening the prey and they've devoured souls uh the treasure is precious Uh, they're going after treasure and precious things and so when i talk about the issue of drugs and and some people say well you know, if a child, you know, I, I raised my children not to do drugs, and if they did, it's on them. Yes, I get that. I understand that. And I, and I agree with that because, you know, as they become adults, you know, there's, and they move on and they're on their own, there's really nothing that you can do past that except to pray. Of course, that is a given. I mean, everybody knows that they need to continue to pray for their children as long as they live. Uh, so it's a lifelong duty that we have, uh, praying for God's guidance and all of that kind of thing. But these are precious to us; these are treasures to us, as God blesses us with with any children, whether they be, you know, that the Lord has given us uh, siblings to watch over, or or cousins to watch over, or uh, you know, because some people uh, they're put in positions where. Um, the older cousins have to raise younger cousins or older siblings have to raise younger siblings or grandparents that have to raise their grandchildren or, you know, all of these different things. So you find so much in the Old Testament where the Lord is talking about, um, you know, the mother and fathers, Uh, you know, the children obeying the mother and fathers. And then when you get into the New Testament, you find this where the Lord speaks of the children obeying their parents because the Lord knew that along the way that there would be some of these shifts and changes. Now, it's not that you don't see it in the Old Testament because certainly uh, Queen Esther, you know, uh, she had uh, a relative, an older relative, that took care of her with her parents uh, gone and all. And so, so we do see things like that taking place in the Scripture. Um, but these children, we've got to look at them as, as, as certainly having been innocent at one point and that the world can and will get at them and Satan will use whatever he can to uh, literally disengage and remove that innocence. And not only that, I mean, some people say, well, no, we're all sinners, come short of the glory of God, it's going to come. Yes, I get that. I understand that. I'm not ignorant to the fact that that we are all sinners and come short of the glory of God. We've all, Or rather, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So at one point, those innocent little babies are going to commit a sin. Eventually, they're going to tell a lie, they're going to steal something, or they're going to be disobedient to their parents. Whatever the case may be, somewhere along the line, they're going to commit a sin. But, but when they're born, they're innocent. And there comes a point in time, yes, that that sin will happen. But as time goes on, you also see the world pulling them. You see these influences coming and pulling them. You can't ignore that. And you have to look at that from the angle that God is wanting us to look at in, in, in some of this. Now, that doesn't mean... That when God said that the shedding of innocent blood is, is, is not something that is actually a viable thing, that it is a real and happening thing. Yes, there are people that are completely innocent that are murdered that just for no reason. You know, there's, there's serial killers. Now, they may have had a reason in their mind, but they didn't have what we would call a logical reason for what they did, you see. And, and, and so, uh, you know, so yes, there are those that really fit uh, in no one's certain terms that category of being completely innocent and yet their blood was shed. But I did want us to see another angle to this and understand it on another level because some people, you know, their children, when their children grow up and they're out and about, and some Christians, they feel like they just. They don't know what to do because their children are maybe trapped in drugs and and all these kind of things. And, and, And when certain scriptures come about, it's hard for them to even bring their mind to the thought that, yes, my child was affected by that drug dealer. That passed that drug down, that uh, ended up into the hands of my child. That, you know, before at one point in their life, they were an innocent child. But somehow, uh, you know, sin takes over. It does. But this is the reason why you've got to teach your children look, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, but we've got to learn how to repent. We've got to learn how to walk with God. We've got to learn how to uh, accept Jesus Christ as our Savior and say, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me for what I've done, and live a repentant life before God teaching your child that sin is not right that sin is 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 not correct it's not the way to go god wants us to move away from that he does not want it to be the center focus of our life amen he said you know should we send more that that uh, god's grace may abound well what did the apostle paul say he said no god forbid and and what that means is exactly what it says God forbids that. You, you don't sin more just so more grace will come. Is, is that the kind of nonsense you're going to teach your children? You can't teach your children that. Because that's not right. That's not God's word. That's not God's way. But these children, they're precious and they're treasures to us, or they should be. Are your children not precious to you? Or are they not treasures to you? Now, a lot of people, you you say that and they would get offended. It's like, how dare you say that? But, you know, there's some people that they have a hard time. And it's a struggle. It's a real heavy struggle for people that have had their child die in this manner. It's just not an easy thing to deal with and 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 it took me a while to kind of look at this and see this because i kept saying to myself but lord my son is not innocent he he got involved with this and he made the choice to do this so he's not completely innocent and that part is true but there was a point in time that he was an innocent baby there was a point in time that he was just an innocent child And yes, sin, it takes over. Sin destroys. But this is the reason why we're given the duty to guide our children, to guide them away from sin, to guide them towards Jesus Christ. Because Jesus has the ability to help us overcome sin. Amen. And I know this podcast has been longer than the last one, I think. The last one I was... Uh, it was, I think, less than an hour. But I really was trying to bring this back to the forefront again, and trying to help somebody. I don't know if there's somebody that would be listening to this that maybe, maybe their child, their grandchild, you know, albeit maybe they're an adult and maybe they've died because of drug overdose, and they, and and they feel uh, like this struggle and battle as a Christian. You know, it's right. like why you know especially when your child does this and you've raised them to stay away from drugs i mean you have no idea how many times that i was sitting you know at the dinner table we had this huge table because we had so many kids you know and 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 we would have discussions like that you know we we believed very clearly that uh, uh, that your children they should be able to hear those conversations coming from you but i did want to say this one last thing before we um leave off of this podcast there is something else and i'm going to go into it a little bit more on the next podcast as we talk about shedding of innocent blood but i wanted to kind of lay that foundation of look some things i get and i understand that when you look at it you say well they're not really innocent but there's a point in the time you have to kind of take a glance at things also in the perspective that the child was innocent at one time. They were born um, without having done anything yet. And that the world can mar and the world can pull in and Satan will do the same. And it does not excuse any one of our children being involved in drugs. When I say excuse, I mean their choices. You know, they become an adult and they make these choices and that kind of thing. Now if your children are doing this and you are ignoring it then I'm going to say you do have fault. If you know that as your children are growing up, now I'm talking about as they're growing up. I'm not talking about as they an adult, but even as an adult, you know you you would want to try to encourage your children to stay away from those things. And you would definitely want to be keeping them in prayer and and all that kind of thing, and, and being a good example to them as well, staying away from those things yourself. But there's another thing that I saw, uh, and you know, and I said to you y'all, know, I'm gonna talk about some things on this podcast. A lot of people just not willing to talk about, not maybe wanting to talk about as far as a Christian podcast goes. But I saw something on the phone, and it really bothered me because this young man, he committed suicide. And he committed suicide, so this, this story that was wrote, he, he committed suicide, that's my phone. It just I got it sitting on the desk here on my podcast desk. Um, and I guess when I get a message, it dings. Uh, anyway, it, so the story goes that he committed suicide because I guess he what is happening with some people, and it's happened a lot with young people, and they have a hard time dealing with this, uh, this man was 26 years old, but he was still, you know, that's a young man. And and my son, he was he was, you know, <laughs> 22 years old, and he, he dies of a drug overdose. Well, this young man, he, um, uh, now my son, as far as we know, it was not a suicide, but it was just too much, too many drugs in the system, too much, too intense the drugs that he was using um you know as far as we know there was no suicide note or anything with my son um but this one particular man i guess he um he committed suicide and the reason is because the story goes that um some people young people you know they've got their facebook i guess and a lot of times what's going on now there's this thing where people are taking uh, like the facebook picture that's there i guess that shows maybe even just the, the bust of a person's maybe a little bit of the chest and up to the head you know just the facial shot i guess per se um but there's this thing that people can maneuver through uh artificial intelligence to make it look like that the person's body is added on, and make it look like the person is naked, or they're doing certain things, or, or whatever kind of thing, manipulating things to look a certain way, that and placing that person's face from their Facebook and so, so on and so forth, and then, then coming at that person through maybe the means of whatever it is that that, uh, certain ones, I don't know how they do it. But certain people, now people were arrested over this, and I guess they were actually charged in his death because of it. Uh, So the story goes. Uh, There were, I think, three or four people charged because they manipulated the situation. um, And they were doing this multiple times with people. Uh, But this young man, you know, and some of them are innocent. You know, this young man apparently was not involved in what, Uh, the artificial intelligence that they had that they were be able to to manipulate the situation and make it look a certain way like the young man was involved with a certain uh, young lady. And I guess there was a certain young lady that come on and she was trying to entice him and talk to him and this kind of thing, one thing and another. But I guess long story short... They manipulated it in such a way it was just a trick, really. It was not a woman at all that they were speaking to. I guess it was, I think, three or four men involved in this scheme. But uh, then coming at the young person and saying, if you will give us this amount of money, then all this will go away and we won't put all this out to all of your whoever, whatever, however they do it. Uh, ...all of these pictures that were actually manipulated by artificial intelligence. I mean, it's just astounding what's going on nowadays. But these things are happening. You say, well, why bring this up? Why mention it? Because people, you need to talk to your children. Because so many people are allowing their children to have phones allowing them to have internet access, allowing them to have Facebooks. And, and, you know, some of these people like this young man, I guess supposedly uh, he was just so overwhelmed at the thought that he was going to be looked at in this manner, and he just couldn't take it, and he took his life. Now, again, there's a lot of things that we can say, well, there's no innocence because of this, there's no innocence because of that. You know, there's a lot of things that Christians will tend to pull out and extrapolate from what you're saying to try to avoid what is it is that I'm trying to say right now and what I'm trying to say to you right now. These things are out there. These type of things are out there. They do affect young children. And parents, whatever position that God has put you to be a parent to children, you need to sit your children down and talk to them about these things so that they... Don't feel like that they can't come to you and say, look, this is what's happening with me, and I did not do this. I don't know how this happened, or whatever. Now, I realize some some teenagers get involved in things, and they'll lie and say they didn't do certain things, and, and come to find out they did. Okay, I get that. I know that that can happen. But not all of them are guilty of some of these things. Some of these things are actually happening where people are taking just the, the facial picture of... of Uh, Facebook and then manipulating certain things uh, through artificial intelligence to make it look like that there's a naked body with this person's face and manipulating it to make it look like this person is doing certain things sexually. I mean, there's all kinds of just astounding things that artificial intelligence and, and uh, you know, communication through the Internet and all these different things that are going on that can really create a big problem for young people nowadays to where they feel trapped, they don't even know where to turn but your children need to know that they can turn to you they need to know that you are there that you will be a loving and caring person that they can talk to and bring this problem uh, if it arises up so there's a reason why i wanted to talk to you about that there's a reason why i wanted to say something to y'all because uh, some people are not even aware of these things going on now you can search it out i just came upon this uh, i believe it was yesterday and i thought you know i really need to talk about that on the podcast because uh, this is something that is, is coming about that, that literally can cause the shedding of innocent blood. You say, well, if the child committed suicide, then, you know, there's other extenuating circumstances, so on, so on and so forth, maybe with emotional problems. and I, Look, I get all that. I understand all that. But you cannot uh, put yourself in such a place that you think that you don't need to share these things with your children, especially if you are allowing them to have computers. I don't think anybody should allow a child, and when I say a child, I'm talking about anybody under 18. You say, what in the world? Are you out of your mind? I don't think any parent should allow a child under the age of 18 to have a computer in their room alone with the door shut that the parent doesn't know what's going on and they don't know how to get into their parent's comput- uh, their child's computer. Now, I realize that there's people out there saying, oh, that's helicopter parenting. Look, you don't have to listen to all that foolish nonsense of people talking about helicopter parenting. Wouldn't you rather do what is right and watch over what your child's doing so they're not involved with something that can cause such a horrible thing to happen in their lives, for their whole reputation to be destroyed, with with the possibility of them actually being innocent, you see. Now, um, we need to really try to look at all angles of this innocent, this shedding of innocent blood. We need to look at every angle of it. We cannot just barrel through and not look at some of these other, you know, possibilities of fitting into that. And I know that maybe some folks are not completely innocent per se because they've been marred by things by the world. You know, how many of us, we look at our relatives, we look at our children that are maybe not saved, and you're going to sit there and say you don't pray for them? Are you saying that you don't that you don't feel this need to call out to God and to cry out to God and say Lord please remove the things that they're bound up and chained up with by the enemy that they've been fortified by and with Well certainly most of us if we've got any compassion of the Lord we're going to be praying about our families for our family members that are lost that's true for any Christian it should be if it's not then I'm going to wonder where your Christianity is at but, the, but, you know, the thing of it is, but when you're raising children, you have got to be wise about what's going on. I'm not talking about wise, you know, just wisdom of the world. I'm not talking about that. But you've got to be wise of what's going on. The, the Bible says to know, to be aware of the devil's devices. There are things out there that you've got to be aware of. Don't keep being a parent that got your head in the sand like an ostrich and as long as I don't look at it, it ain't there. No, that's not true. And so you really need to teach your children. Talk to your children. Let your children know that they can come to you and talk to you about anything without you blowing off the handle and exploding on them, you see. You got to be willing to do that. You say, well, you sure do explode on this podcast. You mean when I do this? amen hallelujah is that what you're talking about listen i do what i do on this podcast to try to get people's attention but i'm gonna tell you right now you're gonna to have to get to this place with your children where your children can feel comfortable enough to come to you to talk to you about anything that's our responsibility we need to let them feel that they are loved and they're cared about and that if they feel boxed in because of something that's happened you know, because of our own foolishness of letting them have a the computer in there and you had, I don't want to be called a, a parent that helicopters their children. So you would rather your children be put into danger? Huh? Is that what you're saying? Don't listen to all that bunch of woke nonsense. Stop listening to that bunch of nonsense. You know, back in my day, it wasn't called helicopter parenting. It was just called parenting. And you said, all right, Y'all going, you going where? Where are you going? All right, when you get there, give me a call. I want to talk to their parents. That's not helicopter parent. That was called parenting. Because you wanted to know where your children were. Amen. So don't listen to all this bunch of nonsense. Well, that's coming from psychiatrists and psycho. I don't care where it is that they got a degree. It don't make no difference. God said to train them in the way they should go. Who are you going to listen to, God or them? Huh? Who sees more God or them come on you know the answer to that wake up and smell the Holy Ghost hallelujah well it's time for me to get off of here I need to go on and get about my day and I hope that y'all been blessed I really do I hope that I said something that can help somebody open up your eyes to think maybe maybe this helps somebody say you know, I'm 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 thinking about that. I, maybe I, I need to put some parental guidances on those computers. Put parental guidance on those televisions. Uh, put a parental guidance. Uh, see what your children, have them bring your phone and, and learn how to search through them. That's what we did. And we would have our children, if we gave them anything, I don't care what it was, we we didn't give them phone right away, but we gave them these little, I, I don't know what they were called. They were... Uh, Anyway, they could have games and stuff on But we looked on there every so often to see what was on there. And, and if they had something on there that we told them they could not have, we took it away from them. There ain't nothing wrong with that. You got to do what you got to do to make children understand. Look, there's boundaries. If you don't learn to discipline yourself, then you have consequences. And, and you got to teach your children that. Amen. So with that said, I pray that the Lord will keep you and bless you. Uh, and um, we... I would like to encourage you uh, to listen to our uh, ministry called the Eunuch Preacher. You can Google that, and it is uh, the word "eunuch" is spelled E-U-N-U-C-H. Now, uh, it is called the Eunuch Preacher. Each of the word, letters of each of those words is capitalized. The words are separated. The Eunuch Preacher, and you can Google it up, and um, and we have our Wednesday night Bible study. Now, the thing of it is, it's not done live, neither is this podcast. Uh, These are all pre-recorded, and then we, you know, my spouse is so grateful, uh, gracious, excuse me, I'm grateful, um, to come in here when I'm done and get all this stuff loaded up, because I don't really know anything about all that part of it, uh, and and get it downloaded to you, uh, to put it into the archives so that you can look at the podcast that you want to look at. And so um, I, I'm just praying that everybody will really think about this because these are really, the, the children, they ought to be what we consider treasure and precious things and watch over them and care about them and love them and let them know. I mean, sure, you know, I, I mean, it, it, it's true. You know, some kids, especially teenagers, they, they're not going to particularly like uh you know, parents looking and saying, Oh, it's my privacy. No, don't even go there with that nonsense. If they want to say, That's my privacy, don't even let that word be said or words be said. That's a bunch of nonsense. Because if they're going to be under your roof and you're raising them, then no, uh uh-uh. uh. Nope. If you got that computer, you got that phone, you got those things because I'm raising you and I'm up so on and so forth you're under my roof then no you're not going to have complete privacy on those things because of the fact that there is dangers out there now when you turn 18 you know and 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 you uh feel that you want to do things that i do not want under my roof then you can decide what you want to do with that because i told my kids i said look you stay here as long as you want you can go to school and all of that kind of thing, I said. But there's some things I'm not going to put up with under my roof, and I laid it out to them. They knew what was expected and what was not going to happen. And uh, so, but but you know, uh, and they they all decided that they wanted to go on and do what they, you know, live their life and all. And, and things have turned out. I mean, you know, I I I mean, uh, my kids haven't always been happy with me because I was. I was strict, and I said, "Look, we're gonna we center on God. We're gonna live for the Lord in this house, and uh, that's how it's gonna be here." And uh, they, you know, sometimes it would frustrate them. That's true, but you're not you're not gonna have children that aren't gonna be frustrated from time to time. If you think that, then you, like I said, you're like the ostrich with your head in the sand. You can't see. But uh, let's let's uh, just stop. Giving in to all this woke nonsense, giving in to all this stuff, and, and the L B G T Q uh, community and 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 the transgender uh, pushing their issues and all this kind of thing. Now I I've said before we are all about uh, with our ministry to reach those that uh, you know are sexually different that are struggling and all that kind of thing, but uh, you know we certainly. Have got to be mindful to walk with the Lord and serve the Lord, and come out from among them and be separate and live the way the Lord wants us to live, and uh, and 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 you you know you just can't give in to this uh, world and its ways. I mean they'll pressure you certainly, uh, and and the Bible talks about the devil coming to wear out the saints. Now of course uh, it's something that is in the Book of Revelation can give reference to uh, what. happens at a certain point in time and all that kind of thing but the the bottom line is the devil comes to steal kill and destroy that is for sure and he will do whatever he can to try to destroy to steal our children away from us and to kill and destroy them and so we've got to be very careful and mindful about the fact that they should be precious treasures to us so with that said may the lord bless you and keep you i'm out